In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Thanks again for joining us on the Retirement Pathfinder podcast. I'm Ben George alongside Phil Gusky and Barbara Lane. I know it's it's that time of the year we talk about the weather a lot, but as it gets cooler, there's one thing that that signifies, and that's the start of hunting season. It's uh, it's uh-huh. pretty big around y'all's parts, and especially for you, Phil, you really get into this, right? Oh, I really do. Yeah, and uh, bow hunting is active and and going on right now, and uh, the weather has been kind of hinky here to get out there and, and get into a tree stand. But I'll tell you what, I am really looking for uh, gun season this year. Mm-hmm. I've decided that, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm not going to sit up in a tree stand and freeze my behind <laughs> off like I have in recent years. I bought myself something called a redneck deer stand, which is, it's like the deluxe model. You can actually put up, you know, this tree stand is six by six by six. You can put a bar inside there. You can put your uh, lazy boy in there. You, you know, can sleep in there. You can sleep. I mean, it's <laughs> you can have a party in there. I mean, it, and just do your hunting in comfort. It really is great. So, I'm looking forward to it. Test it out. You got the heater in there. I mean, it's just a luck. So I'm pretty excited about it. And we might do some hunting too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what That's animals? I know nothing about. What do you yeah. typically hunt, Phil? Mostly deer. Well, I, there's two. There's deer season. And then, of course, there's pheasant hunting season. I've got a couple of Brittany Spaniels that uh, they're kind of getting up there now. They're edging toward 14 years of age, brother and sister. And uh, But, you know, we've got them down in the little uh, doggy retirement center down in the basement right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but we get them out a little bit and enjoy the, the pheasant hunting out there as well. So deer, pheasants, those are the two biggies for this time of the year for us. Well, that's exciting. You'll have to send a picture of that uh, that redneck hunting stand. Oh, over yes, to us when, when you set it up. I'd love to see what that looks like. Well, today on the show, we've got a lot to talk about, but we're going to focus in on sabotaging your own retirement. And you're probably wondering, well, nobody wants to do that. Why would we do that? But with all things in the financial world that you can't control, why would you sabotage your own retirement by messing up the things you can control? So we're going to discuss some of the ways that people sabotage their own financial health. And we'll do so, as always, with Barbara and Phil, they they are retirement income specialists at Pathfinder Wealth Management, so they have decades of knowledge and experience on this topic and have have worked with a lot of clients that have made some mistakes, and they've helped correct those and get them on the right path, and we're going to help you do that today. And I'll remind you to check them out online at pathfinderwealth.com. A lot of great resources there, including the opportunity to set up a free consultation, which you can do online or by phone at 815-399-9806. So let's dive into our topic today. And, and let's start off with the first way that people sabotage their own retirement. And that is by obsessing about short-term ups and downs in the market. Yeah, Ben, I'll tell you what, we have a little saying around here that, you know, clients could become their own worst enemies. And uh, <laughs> part of the problem is that, you know, they really stress about things that aren't ever going to happen. And research reveals that 85% of the things that people worry about never happen. Of the 15% that does happen, 79% of the people found that they could handle that particular stress very well. So if people do sabotage their own financial health by stressing not only about markets up and downs, but there's also other things that they stress about. Now, let me give you a couple of examples. People don't understand that when to take money out safely from their particular account, 
they don't understand how much stress they put on their portfolio. They, their fear is running out of money before they run out of time. So they don't understand how much they can safely take out. And so that's one of the fears they have. The second fear is that, you know, they're stressed about being charged too much in the way of fees. You know, what all the vanguards and fidelities and swabs and TD Ameritrades have done is convince the public that saving, you know, paying the lowest cost is the most critical decision they have to make in investing. And nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, fees and costs are important. You know, you can have a, a very low cost portfolio that you've constructed, but leave out the places that really give you the best returns, the market where the best returns originate. So that's something you have to be aware of as well. You know, fees are not the only consideration when putting together a portfolio, but people stress about it a lot. The other thing they stress about, and they can actually destroy their portfolio, is blaming the depletion of their portfolio on poor market returns. When in fact, what they've done is they've strayed from their original income plan. We see that happen a lot. It's almost like saying, okay, well, we spent all this money. Now you've got to get, you know, super returns filled to make up for the bad choices that we made along the way here. And that's not really in our particular wheelhouse. We can't do that. So the best thing they can do to prevent actively depleting their portfolio by making hasty and panicked decisions to sabotage your investments is to immediately call their advisor. Now, if it's me, please do not call me at two o'clock in the morning. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wait till the next business day, but ask us, you know, what our plan looks like. What was that original plan looking like, Barb uh, and Phil? Now, if you have another advisor someplace else, you need to ask them what their plan for you looks like. And if they can't produce one, you need to change advisors. You need to go to somebody like a fiduciary from, as ours and find out what a plan looks like and how to stick with that plan. Mm, yeah, that's true. You know, the junior here recently too, Phil, that uh, Schwab is now offering fractional shares on a platform. Hey, so, yeah. Yeah, you can actually, they're reaching out for investors to buy into these high cost companies for you know, pennies on the dollar and low to, low to no cost, low to no fees, I should say. And But the thing that people have to remember is they are not there to give advice. They're order takers. So they're going to give you and do exactly what you want. They're not going to give you advice. That's not what it's designed for. But, you know, I have to say in all fairness with our clients that most of our clients know that they have a long-term plan. Yes, we and, do. And, and I just think that sometimes they need to be reminded of it. But we don't get too many calls when we have volatile markets. And, you know, the old saying goes, too, that like Eugene Thomas says, he's a Nobel Prize winner and had said that some people just plain and simply shouldn't be in the market. But, you know, for our clients that are in the stock market, most of our clients are in the stock market. Um, no one likes to see downward volatility. Everyone likes upward volatility, but you, you really respond to the portfolios in both ways. I mean, you rebalance accordingly if you have a significant year. And when we have a downward year, we rebalance too. This year has been a highly volatile year, especially midsummer. But if you look at January from January to present, the stock market is up. It's up significantly for the year. It's just staying the course. It really is. In fact, uh, you know, you get back to this thing about the zero commission uh, trading on the platforms today. And, you know, that really encourages people to trade in the market, which we discourage. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, I can go ahead and buy and sell stock at zero cost. That's amazing. Well, I guess I'm going to start doing that because, you know what, that's going to help me to achieve my financial goals. Well, nothing again can be further from the truth. You've got to understand that Wall Street makes its money by buying and selling. It's called money in motion. So, you know, if you're buying and you're selling, they make money on both sides of it one way or another. They may not charge you. You won't see a hard charge, but they are making money. Just be guaranteed of that. There is no such thing as a free lunch. True. Indeed. So, 
obsessing over those uh, ups and downs can put you in a bad position if you react emotionally. The next one I want to talk about is probably one that you you both get quite a bit, and that's, hey, when should I start taking Social Security, right? But it's important to understand when you're taking it, what works out best for you, because if you make that wrong decision, it can really hurt your portfolio and your retirement. Yeah, that's true, Ben. Mm. I'll take that question. Mm -hmm. You know, what I hear often is, take it now or you may not get it. I can't tell you the people that have told me that. I'm going to take it at 62 or it might not be there. Well, first of all, baby boomers, you can't expect to see benefits as you're planning. This is according to Social Security actuaries. It's going to be the younger generations that are going to see a change probably within the next 10 years. And I think one of the easiest changes will be to increase that retirement age. So right now, if you're born 1960 or later, full retirement age for Social Security is age 67. I see that as being an easy fix that they'll continue to increase that, maybe even close to 70 because people are living longer, people are working longer. But it may not always make sense to take Social Security at age 62. So for you listeners out there, the break-even point is about age 80. If you take benefits anywhere between 62, 66, 70, any time in between 62 and 70, if you just live to age 80, it's all the same in benefits. So the consideration for waiting until, let's say, age 70 is, will you live beyond age 80? So we have many clients whose parents are still alive in their 90s. I mean, it's become very commonplace for that to be the case anymore with people still being alive in their 90s. And another consideration is whether or not you're married. So if the husband is the top income earner, he may consider waiting because his higher benefit is what his wife will collect someday, and that may be when she needs it the most for her health care needs. There's so many considerations for taking benefits. If your health is failing, it may make sense for you to take it early. But remember, the decision is final. So make sure that you discuss your options with a specialist in retirement planning before you file for your benefits. And if you take it at the wrong time, you have 12 months to pay it back. But that's not a standalone answer. It's not a when I'm 62 years old, do I take Social Security? You have to look at your expenses. You have to look at all of your sources of retirement income. You have to look at, do you have a pension? What are all of your sources of income combined with Social Security? And then that decision should be made. You know, that's, that really brings me to the point that uh, we have to understand that the Social Security Administration, as good as they are to uh, having our benefits paid out, they are not in the business of giving advice. And there's probably 365 different ways to make a decision with regard to Social Security benefits. And so it's important to give to somebody like, like Barb here who really has a specialty in this area of, of Social Security. And even I go to her when I have questions about my own Social Security decisions. And, and so I think that it's so important to find somebody who has not only the knowledge, but also the practice experience behind them. And so Barb is the one to really go to with regard to our clients and the social security questions in our firm. Yeah, you know, it's true that they are not going to go through, uh, the social security office isn't going to go through with you to how to maximize benefits. And um, up until 2015, there was a lot of planning opportunities for maximizing benefits for married couples. And now we're down to about one benefit. And if you qualify for that, that could be an additional benefit. But yes, you have to know that benefits are, those type of benefits are available because social security's job is not to go through and help maximize benefits. That's not their job. That's not how they're trained. Yeah. So the byline is choose wisely, as they <laughs> say in the movies, right? Yes. Indeed. And if you need help trying to figure out what's in your best interest and how to maximize that, Barbara and Phil are perfect for you to reach out to and figure that out. Because like she said, nobody's looking out for you. You have to find somebody, a professional that will 
help you maximize those benefits. And while people, as you mentioned, Barb, like to really react quickly to Social Security and try to take it early on, one thing that they try to push back a lot is the thought of nursing home care. I mean, nobody wants to think about having to rely on a nursing home or go into a nursing home, but acting like that risk isn't maybe in the short term. You always think it's maybe down the road a little ways. I'll put it off and not worry about it. But if you don't plan for that, maybe those costs of a nursing home early on, it might come and, and jump up and, and bite you. Yeah, that's the question I'll, I'll really uh, address, Ben, because I've done a lot of work in this area, not only with pre-planning, but also helping to acquire our clients' benefits post-nursing home stay, where they're already institutionalized and the family is looking to protect the assets at that point. There are certain strategies that can be used to help prevent what they call the nursing home spend down. That's a topic for another time to discuss. But one of the things that I want to tell people is, uh, you know, for many, yes, uh, and for most people, this particular question is really far in the future. However, one of the things that we want to be telling our clients is you'd be making a mistake if you didn't start thinking about that topic right now. Why? Because far in the future is closer than you think. We're all so busy with earning a living, you know, raising our families and putting money aside in the 401ks, 403bs, that the future happens before you really know about it. It sneaks up on you. Another thing is it may not be that far away in some cases. Now, my brother, Glenn, uh, is a perfect example. Due to a neurological condition, he was institutionalized in a nursing home at an early age, about age 54, and he passed away at 55, and it was unfortunate. But fortunately, from his widow's standpoint, we were able to plan their particular estate so that they would not be devastated by the nursing home spend down. So they were able to put in place things ahead of time that uh, they could do. Now, when the future does arrive, you may not be able to qualify for long-term care insurance. Why? Because of medical issues. People say, well, I'm going to put it out because it really it's too expensive now. I'll wait till later. I've got plenty of time. Well, you know, people are unqualified for nursing home insurance. You know, isn't it strange, Barb, that uh, it seems like the only calls we get for people that want to buy nursing home insurance are from the ones that can't qualify for it any longer because of health issues, of health issues and that type of thing. So, Bear in mind that the older you get and the closer you get to this risk far in the future, the fewer options become available in preserving your hard-earned assets. Well, I just look at the statistics of two out of three people are going to develop Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, or dementia yep, yep. statistically. And so how do you want to protect from that? Because currently there are no cures. So I bring up two points with people. And one is that there is a plan out there where it's not a use it or lose it. So you pay for your long-term care. If you never go, then the money does pay out to your estate. But secondly, and most importantly, is discuss this with your children. You know, I tell my clients, tell your children of your choice, because when you're unable to speak for and care for yourself, this subject will come up with us as the planner and your kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, was this not offered? Why wasn't it offered? Why didn't you protect mom and dad's estate? And so discuss your choices with your kids. Here's what I tell my clients. If protection is important to you, then it's important to me. But if you're choosing to not do anything and self-fund, please tell your kids. All right. Sounds like there's a lot of tough conversations to have around nursing home care, but they're important in order mm-hmm. to get everything sorted out. The last thing we want to talk about that people do to sabotage their own retirement, and that's not identifying how much you need to spend for the rest of your life to have the lifestyle that you want to have. That is so important. Mm. This is the most important consideration in your entire retirement plan because people look at their expenses and what they are today, and they're not considering inflation in the future. 
So if you take a look in just 10 years with a 3% inflation rate today, in 10 years, you're going to need a third more just to cover those same expenses. And in 25 years, you're going to need almost twice as much as what those expenses are today. Now, granted, it's hard to know what taxes and health care will cost in the future. So that's why you have to have your retirement allocated somewhat, some, to equities, to stock, to stock mutual funds, to outpace inflation. Because when you retire playing it too safe, it may not be the best opportunity for you to have money to last you for 20 to 25 years or more in retirement. But there's a way to know all of this. It's a plan. You have to have a plan based on what taxes are today, inflation, what your expenses are today, withdrawals. And uh, if you have various accounts, how to draw down on those in retirement, that's very important because you can't just take a chance and hope and withdraw on an as-needed basis, not when you're going to live 25 to 30 years in retirement. So I would tell our callers that if you're concerned about this and you don't have a plan, peace of mind is going to come from having a plan. But that's what we do. We co-design retirement plans with our clients and then we review regularly because I have clients that, a number of clients that are actually moving out of the state. I have some moving down south. I have clients moving to Wisconsin. And so lives change and people change. So you have to review plans regularly also. Yeah, Barb, this is really, really a critical area. You know, back in the, when I first got into business years and years ago, we didn't have calculators. We had an abacus that we used back in those days. But, you know, we would tell our clients this, that all you need to accumulate is $100,000 because you could put that money away at 12% interest and live comfortably for the rest of your life. $100,000, right? What has inflation done to $100,000? Now we're talking a million. Yes. And whether that's really able to support, you know, you and your lifestyle in retirement today. So here's the important thing is that, you know, time can be your friend if you get started right now. You need to, like I said earlier, a different program is that you can, every out of every dollar that you make, part of it is yours to keep. You put it aside, pay yourself first, and you start now when you have time on your side. For those people that really are hitting retirement, and you know, quite frankly, they've un- underfunded their retirement. It's a sad situation. We had somebody come in the other day where we talked to them about, you know, how they should have been saving money in a 401k. They didn't do it because quite frankly, they didn't trust the company. And, and I said, well, it had nothing to do with the company. This right. money was set aside someplace else. The company didn't have their hands on it. Well, we didn't like the company, so we didn't put it aside. That's sad to see something like that happen. Yeah, they sabotage their own retirement. They did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have a daughter who's uh, late 20s. She's 29. Her husband is 31. And they're asking me you know, all the time, how much should I put in my 401k? Am I saving enough? And, and they're both contributing. But I said, you need to look at two to $3 million. Mm-hmm. And it seems like an awful lot of money. But when you consider the fact that someday when you retire, there's no more income. So you're drawing down on that for the rest of your life. It's hard to believe that people are living a third of their years in retirement. Yes, Absolutely. We've got people running around this place that could live to 120. <laughs> I mean, there, there's somebody walking around. Ben, maybe that's, that's you. That's what they you say. Know? <laughs> right. Here, here's the deal. You know, you're, you're going to live to 120. You may not be healthy. You know, those are the ones that need the nursing home insurance, right? Because yeah. they're going to live that long, the ones that are exercising all the time. Yeah, you may not know it, but. Yep, that's right. <laughs> if that's me, I need to get my finances in order. I need to get with you two and, and sit down and have a plan because I'm definitely not ready for what inflation could do to uh, that retirement income by the time you, you reach that age. That's yeah. a scary mm-hmm. thought to think. You've gone up from 100000 being a great number to a million in yep. 30 or 40 years. What's that number going to be? I mean, right. you, know, you mentioned two or three, Barbara. It could be higher than that, too. Right. Mm-hmm. It will to be. Think about. Well, look, if you have, if any of these items struck a chord with you and you're thinking, uh, 
I'm worried about my retirement a little bit now. Don't be too concerned about that. There's people out there to help you. Professionals are there to help you work through this and build a plan. And that's what Barbara and Phil do every single day with their clients is try to get these things in order so that you don't sabotage your own retirement. They help you get out of your own way a lot of times. And that's you know mm-hmm. the value of having an advisor. So reach out to them, pathfinderwealth.com. If you're in the Rockford area, you can call them 815-399-9806. Set up that free consultation and go through your plan and let them uh, sort things out and help you uh, get a little peace of mind because it can be overwhelming at times to think about all the money and all the expenses that you might have when retirement rolls around. So Barbara and Phil, thank you for the time. And uh, Phil, hope you get that gun cleaned and ready to go for hunting season. Yeah. It's it's sitting up in the tree stand right now, Ben. I'll have to send you a picture. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Best of luck to you both. And we will talk to you uh, pretty soon again right here on okay. the Retirement Pathfinder. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.